The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, and sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to the program. It's Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for joining me tonight. We've got a really interesting program. I, I say this all the time, you, but I do believe it every night. Um, I come to uh, this studio and I sit down in front of this microphone and I uh, start to read about who our guest is going to be. And I'm always fascinated. We have such a great lineup of people coming through here. And I'm really actually quite honored to talk to all of these folks. But tonight we're going to be talking about animal communication. And we've got a returning guest. Sandra Mendelson will be with us. She has uh, been communicating with animals for some time now. And her story is rather unique. The way she started to understand how she could communicate with the animal world is a, is an interesting one. And then the, what she has learned from them is even more interesting. So we're going to be talking with Sandra tonight. Looking forward to that. Um, we have had her on the program before. It was uh, very interesting the first time around. We're going to pick up where we left off that conversation. Uh, in the meantime, many of you are watching this and listening to this on YouTube as part of our YouTube community. Uh, but many, many more of you are listening as a podcast. And I welcome all of my podcast listeners. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I do encourage you, however, to go to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel, too. It's a great way to uh, be part of our, our global community because the YouTube channel not only offers a chat room and uh, an archive of programs, I think it's about 500 back episodes on YouTube now, but it's also a place that we up upload some uh, special content, bonus content, if you will. So go to YouTube, search for J.V. Johnson. That's just my name. When you find it, please subscribe. The name of the channel is JVJ's, or J.V. Johnson's Beyond Paranormal. Subscribe to the channel. Also, click on the notification icon. That way, when we go live, when we upload content, you'll be notified so that you know it's there for you to enjoy. It's very, very simple. And regardless of how you listen or watch, I do appreciate your support of the program. There's a couple of ways you can support Beyond Reality. One is through a Patreon uh, subscription. Go to patreon.com slash johaw, J-O-H-A-W, and when you find that, you uh, have a couple of options to support the show, which we greatly appreciate, by the way. The other way is if you're listening as a podcast listener, in the description of the podcast, you'll see a link that says support this program or support something like that. Support this show, something. And that takes you to our host, which is Anchor.fm. And through Anchor.fm, you can offer some support to the show as well. We have uh, changed our format. We are now no longer taking the breaks that our syndicator used to require us to take. Uh, therefore, there's not as much uh, commercial content, very little, in fact. And that just means that we're trying to uh, move into the 21st century here and offer a program that is less interrupted and more focused. So that's what it's all about. A uh, lot of great stuff coming up on the show, but I will tell you this. This. Uh, coming up um, for the next week or so, we're going to be running a series of best of programs. I am going to take a little bit of a break and enjoy some sunshine and relaxation because Cooperstown in January can be a little bit much to handle, especially when the snow started flying in October. Uh, it was early this year, very early 
this year. So I'm looking forward to uh, just a little bit of a break. But the programs will continue. They'll just be in the form of best of shows. Uh, I'm sure I'll have an opportunity to pop into chat and and say hello uh, each of those nights. But just so you know, um, these are going to be some of our classic interviews from the past couple of years. So looking forward to hearing those. You know, when when those shows come up, I, I listen to them again and um, I'm always uh, surprised at at um, how much uh, they still remain relevant. There's just, there's there's no time lapse in this these types of discussions. Really, They're, these things are timeless topics that uh, we could talk about anytime, and they seem as fresh today as they did the day we uh, did the interview initially. So uh, enjoy those, um, and also visit us on Facebook because that's where we um, have most of our social media interaction. Go to Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook and also go to my page, which is JVJ Paranormal. You'll find me there. Give that page a like as well. Okay, so we'll go to break. And when we come back, we will bring in our guest. Again, tonight we're talking about animal communication with Sandra Mendelson. It's going to be a great conversation right here on Beyond Reality. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha, J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for being here tonight. We've got a very uh, interesting discussion ahead of us. In fact, returning guest Sandra Mendelson is an animal communicator, a blogger, and a speaker. And through telepathic communication, the animal world is sharing so much information, things we never knew before. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Sandra, welcome back to Beyond Reality Radio. Uh, thanks so much for having me back. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember when you were here last. It's been a while, but um, what have you been up to in between? I mean, you're always busy, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I was on the show when We Walk Beside You, Animal Messages for an Awakening World came out, and uh, 53 species had come through to me in the previous handful of years, and it turned into a book because it completely blew my mind. Right. Well. A lot of stuff has come in since then, and um, I'm going to share some of that today. I've also written two children's books because the animals have plenty of information for children because we all can communicate with animals. We just don't cultivate intuitive abilities in traditional school. So um, I just came out with my second kid's book, and I'm in the process of writing my next 
book for grown-ups or large children um, called uh, We Walk Beside You, Animal Insights for Everyday Living, because people ask so many questions about what the animal perspective is on different topics. So this way, they'll just be able to open to the topic and boom, uh, get some wisdom that you can't get from humans. (laughs) When you say uh, different topics, are you talking about things like which food to feed them or world geopolitics? Wow. Um, neither, actually. Uh, the questions that are asked of animals typically are everything from what do we need to know as humans uh, to live life with more understanding, more ease, more joy, um, in sync with nature and the bigger picture. And animals have never separated into the life of the mind. They've never lost their connection with nature or each other and those of their kind. And I can certainly go into a lot more in this conversation about asking questions about um, everything from, you know, how do they perceive things? What do they know? um, What do they think about love? And what is fighting all about? I mean, the questions have gone on for eight years. (laughs) So there's a lot of them. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they pile up. Um, you know, when when you start getting uh, information or answers or perspective from animals, um, is are they able to provide this? And do they have a, a grounded sensibility because of their attunement with nature? Yes, and I'm going to put in a disclaimer. Every soul is unique and on its path of learning. So there are animals that are going to come through very evolved. And as my dog would say, for example, there are dogs that bark and bark and bark, and there's nothing that you can just stop, do to stop it. I've got one of those. I've got yes. one of those. In fact, um, and not to interrupt you, but um, I, no, I had, a, had a 15-year-old lab who um, was, you know, on her last months, and uh, I ended up getting um, a, well, a puppy, another, a lab um, as kind of a, you know, replacement because we, we knew what was coming. And uh, the 15-year-old, I don't think, barked once in her life, and the puppy barks nonstop. And I'm trying to figure out how to handle this, but it's a completely new experience for me. So if you've got any guidance, I'd love to hear it. Um, Again, you know, first of all, the animals, if, if a dog barks and barks, as my dog says, they're still working on stuff. The quiet ones are doing energy work behind the scenes and helping each other and helping you, but... Suffice it to say, one major theme is that animals do most of their communicating through the thought stream, not vocally. Okay. Of course, there's also scent and body movements that they also say for each other, and we can't understand exactly, you know, all of the things that 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 those forms of communication mean. Um, but that puppy, you know, hasn't learned the ways of the world. Is Probably saying, you know, it could have been saying a lot of things. I haven't tuned into your puppy, but, you know, don't go, don't go. I need to learn more. What does this mean? Again, always remember they're all different. I mean, I have a dog that's like the Buddha. I never had a dog like that before. (laughs) He is the most well-adjusted, calm. In fact, I took him to the vet a couple of weeks ago, and he said, your dog has the slowest heartbeat. The dunk. The dunk. And he's 15 pounds. And normally small dogs, right? You think bang, 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 bang. Yeah, right. So most important to remember, and we can chat about, um, certainly about your puppy, but I'd have to tune in to find out what's going on. Um, The most important thing to remember is every soul is unique um, and that your animals, because they 
tune in through the thought stream, they tune into your thought stream. So if you want to communicate with your animal, number one, show them a picture in your mind of what's about to happen. Like, I'm going to take you in the car. We're going to go to the vet. It's going to be okay. They do this now with dogs that are being rescued when they can. They hire animal communicators to show the dogs, okay, this is what it looks like. You're going to go on an airplane, and then it's going to be long, but you're going to come out the other side to your forever home, to arms that await you with love. And the behavior is completely different. So the number one thing to do is remember, speak with your mind. Show your animals only what you want to have happen instead of don't, can't, won't, shouldn't. Um, and what what you're planning. Don't leave them in the dark. I don't care how silly you feel. You can talk to them with your mouth, and you can talk to them with your mind. And if you do both, you're in Schaefer City. So are you, are you saying that um, the, the mental communication is the effective one? Verbal communication does not have the same effectiveness? Um, I'm not saying that because, remember, animals are really adaptive. Right. And I, I cannot stand those articles that say, oh, your dog has the intelligence equivalent to a four-year-old child, baloney. It, you know, that's right up there with dogs don't perceive color. Right. The way, they don't perceive color the way we do, but they know the vibrational difference between yellow and red. So I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, I can send my dog and say, go get the red ball, which is exactly the same as the yellow ball except for color. And the dog has already memorized the vibration. So the word yellow and the vibration of that ball is yellow. So you can always speak to your animal in words because, you know what, that's how we communicate. They're always adapting to our way. But I'm also saying if you want to meet them halfway, also talk with your mind. In fact, for your listeners, I'm more than happy to share um, two things. If, If they want to email me, at Sandra at smendelson.com, I can give them two things. Number one, Chapter 5 from We Walk Beside You, which explains all the different ways that animals get information and why they know so much more about our world than we know about theirs. And I also um, published a, a blog post, um, Nine Steps to Communicating and Connecting with Animals, so they can forge deeper relationships with their own animal partners. All right. Well, thank you. That's very generous of you. Again, that email address is s or Sandra at smendelson.com. Uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Sandra Mendelson. We're talking about animal communications tonight on Beyond Reality. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. You know, when you listen to this program, you hear many interesting guests who discuss many interesting topics. Most of those guests have books, movies, or other work that support their ideas. And we've made it very easy for you to find that work. Just go to Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. Not only will you find the books and other work of our guests, but you'll help support this program at the same time. Again, it's Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. You'll also see links in the description of this episode that you can click on. We can only scratch the surface of many of these topics, and the real knowledge is what you'll find in the pages or frames of our guests' efforts. So click the link and browse, and hey, thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Thanks for being here with me tonight. As we talk about animal communication, 
with our returning guest, Sandra Mendelson. And Sandra has uh, been on the show before. She's got a book and a, an accompanying card deck called We Walk Beside You. It's easy to understand or it's easier to understand how this might work for an animal like a dog. You know, the mammals that are kind of higher on what we'll call the evolutionary chain. How far down the chain will this type of communication work? Well, I'll tell you, the here's the, the number one thing I can share with people because I have communicated with blue, a blue whale and I've communicated with geckos. Size is irrelevant completely irrelevant to a level of consciousness. What I have learned from a gecko was probably some of the most profound stuff I have, and I'm still not there yet. I haven't even been able to put all of what I've learned into effect yet because it is mind-blowing, and it has to do with the illusion of form. Um, You know, I don't know how, you know, where your listeners are in terms of, hey, this is all an illusion, guys. And the reason it appears real is because billions of us are all buying into the same picture, that we create this. Um, So from a gecko, uh, really lessons on limitlessness and how form is an illusion. I mean, and how regardless of the density of a body, they can leave their form. Like a gecko could fall and he pops out of his body and pops back in. And he's like, look, I'm fine. I just leave my body, pop back in after I fell. You didn't know we could do this, did you? Hmm. And I've had an elephant tell me the same. Their form appears really, really dense for a bunch of different reasons. I could keep you on the phone for 10 hours. (laughs) But that elephants actually leave their body when torture and murder are about to happen. They They go back to the all. They leave this dimension. They are highly evolved beings, all as a species. Not that that is to condone anything that we do. Right. Simply that there are four species, horses, whales, dolphins, and elephants, that do incredible stuff that I'm going to put in yet another book. And I constantly blog and share this stuff on Facebook because these are energy beings that do work on the planet and off that we have no idea about. I mean, the easy stuff to get your mind around is, okay, elephants forge rivers. They allow energy to flow, and they may take down trees, small trees, to uh, create pathways on Mother Earth and help her energy flow. Okay, we can get that. Easy, I think, because it's visual. But what they also do with ideology, and because thought, thought has energy, is, is way more than I can get into just this interview. <laughs> so um, back to your question Size has nothing to do with consciousness. It has nothing to do to to say that we humans are more evolved. Um, that is just based on evaluating the animal world as we experience reality ourselves, which right. is typically only through the five senses. Animals are multi-sensory. We are too. Right, that sixth sense we talk about, yep. intuition. The thing that, I, you know, telepathy is, is a sixth sense. So when we look at animals, we only see them as five sensory beings, but they're six sensory. So they get more information at the outset. They tune into energy field and scent and facial movement. So in the wild, they experience much less fear than we do, as they say, because they get so much more information at the outset. We keep looking into our brain for answers, 
And as a llama told me, you are looking in the wrong place. When you talk about this energy and the ability to leave a body and return, uh, are mm-hmm. we talking about an energy that we may have interpreted and some may call a soul? Um, well, uh, let's see. Every being on this planet is a soul that is evolving. This is what I have learned from multiple species. Um, the portion of the soul that needs to, that is learning lessons in this lifetime is the personality. When a being incarnates as a certain species, it is because they, their soul has chosen to learn those lessons that come with being as part of that species. Right down to monogamy. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, but that's another story. So I hope, I, I hope I'm answering this question, that the energy I'm talking about, I mean, is we are talking about the ability to leave form. The form is just a shell. Whether you're a skunk, whether you're a human, whether you're a panda bear, this is just a shell that you have incarnated in, into, or so the animal kingdom continues to tell me, in order to learn certain lessons. And I have many, many channelings on that uh, that I've learned from, from herd animals, you know, learning how to work in concert, right. whether you're living alone or a wolf is alone or in a pack. Again, everything comes down to lessons the soul has chosen to learn. When we talk about animal consciousness, it's easy. Well, it's not easy, but I think it's easier again uh, to understand what we mean when we talk about human consciousness. We're talking about things like self-awareness and sentience. Yep. Is it the same for animal consciousness? Are we talking about exactly the same type of thing? We are absolutely talking about full, well, sentience really, sentience means, you know, cap- capable of feeling emotion. Yeah. And if you look at the work of so many animal behaviorists and Rupert Sheldrake, who studies telepathy in animals, go on Facebook and you will see that animals are not just capable of emotion. We see incredible feats of compassion. We see heroism. We see um, love and care between two species that should never, in our esteem, be getting along. And what I have been told, actually, by Blue Jay is notice these odd friendships between unmatchable species, these are intentional. We are trying to show humans by example that you can love and care for anyone you choose, and that choice overrides instinct every time. So, um, yes, animals are absolutely sentient, and what I and many other animal communicators have learned through multiple communications and channelings is wow, they have so very much to teach us, and we had no idea. We always saw ourselves as humans at the top of the evolutionary chain, and we are wrong. We have absolutely built out intellect. We have a mastery of tools and equipment, and, you know, we can create concrete reality that benefits all. But when we tune into what the animal world is sharing with us, we can flesh out the rest of the picture. We don't have a completely, uh, we don't have a complete foundation if you listen to animals. We, we really don't have the ability to see this lifetime as just one of many experiences we will have, uh, most of us. And it would, would suit us well to, to 
to look around and see that teachers are everywhere. We're talking with Sandra Mendelson, animal, animal communicator. Her website is smendelson.com. Her book, We Walk Beside You. Um, you had a card deck associated with that book, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, I, I released them at the same time since people like sound bites. And uh, I was putting post-its all over my house. So I said, <laughs> you know, maybe make, make a card deck, you know, one thought at a time. Because it's if you want to embrace a, a really different way of looking at something, you can't swallow it whole. You need little pieces. There's been a lot of discussion, and you know it's 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 difficult these days because so much of our information comes from sadly social media. But there's been a lot of discussion throughout social media and some news outlets about a very very distinct attitude change when it comes to the well-being of animals. People are mm-hmm. people are starting to get it, aren't they? Absolutely, and I have spoken with a number of animals that are. Uh, still in very less than perfect situations at rescues where they're still being used for this or that. But you know what their their view on it, you know, as I've heard from elephants, is they are so grateful and excited to see humans waking up. And, under, you know, it, it, it's happening in tiny little bits for some people that, oh, my dog is my family and look at the 400 outfits I bought for him and, you know, <laughs> whatever, it's fine. But, you know, the more we look, look, start, you know, we always say start with the animals right near you. When you spend some time alone without your phone and you really see a walk, for example, the same way your dog does, which, of course, is a major adventure, you will start to notice personality characteristics just the way you would in a human. Sense of humor, problem-solving ability, compassion, patience. This is how we change the paradigm, one being at a time. You mentioned a blue jay giving you some information. I'm curious about how these different species come to you, or do you seek them out and ask them questions? Or is it they, that you're there, they see you, and they just communicate with you and pass this information on to you? Amazing, perfect, love it question. <laughs> All of the above. Um, it originally started with animals that I saw face-to-face, and uh, it was horses. And first I heard stuff and, you know, didn't really, that was the inception of the book. And for three years, I would just be getting information from horses when people didn't know what was wrong with them. And they didn't know what to do with it other than to help that individual horse. Yeah. And then they pushed, the horses pushed me. They said, okay you know, test out your telepathic ability, sit down and tune into anyone from anywhere. I said, I can't do that. (laughs) But I sat down with a pen and a pad and the blue whale, a water buffalo and a sacred cow in Mumbai came through. And I wrote all this stuff down and called my mother. My famous line is like, ma, and she's like, relax, that's not you. You're funny, but you're not that funny. And you are smart, but you're not that wise. So, it took me years and some more courses and stuff before I could even call myself an animal communicator. So there's really two different things. Channeling is, you know, when you're getting stuff, whether you put it out there, you know, saying, okay, animals, what do you have to share with me? Or, you know, I'm lying in my bed and there's an anaconda and I hear something. I'm like, oh, I better get the pen because this is going to be a good one. Or a crab that literally knocked on my door, I kid you not, five wow. miles from the beach. Wow. 
I have a picture to share with you. Uh, right, and my dog is barking, and I'm looking out the window, and I don't see anything. Finally, I crack open the door, and this land crab tries to get in. I'm like, oh, oh, better get the pad. <laughs> <laughs> but it took, remember, there's no responsibility there. I could channel, I could write books, but then it took years, as it should, before I was, I felt I was ready to take on clients and, you know, more case studies um, to work one-on-one. So I kind of like to say there's two different things. Animal communication is a back-and-forth, um, typically initiated by a human, usually to solve a problem, you know, for a client. Um, and channeling can just come through uh, anywhere. In other words, it's animal consciousness that comes through either as a species or as the voice of the animal kingdom. And again, you know, it takes a while until you can get your arms around all of this. You know it's not you, just the way any channel knows that if they're channeling someone on the other side or a light being or a consciousness like Abraham or Seth, you know, you know it's not you. It's wisdom that you don't have. So I get that wisdom from animal consciousness, and animal communication is more of a one-on-one, back-and-forth kind of dialogue. I hope that answered the question. Yeah, it does. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm also curious, um, do these animals or all of the animals that we're talking about um, recognize you as somebody that will be able to understand what they're trying to say? Or are they just are they trying to make these types of communications with everyone, but not everyone's picking them up? But you are. Well, you know, it took me a long time because, you know, you want to keep your ego out of this whole thing. You're like, OK, why did you pick me? Yes, I can write. Yes, I know I will do everything I can to step out of my ego needs. And just all I uh, kept asking them is, what do you want us to know? It was open-ended. I gave them the floor. I had no agenda. I wasn't looking to even sell books. I was just recording things. And, uh, you know, someone told me I have a contract with the animal kingdom, as do probably other animal communicators. You know, we're all here doing our unique work as part of the big picture. But do all of us have the ability to connect with, the, with animals on a much more deep level using our intuitive abilities? Absolutely. There are at least eight different, we call them clairs, clairaudience, right. clear hearing, right? Clairvoyance, clairgustians, people that can smell something and then get whole pictures, clairsentience, paracognition. That sense of just instant knowing, and you don't know where you know it from, you just know. So that could be what's going to happen tomorrow, or someone that's going to call you, or, or someone's going to say something, and you know before they do. So we all are multisensory beings, and humanity is starting to wake up person by person, discovering what our gifts are. So mine happens to be this, but we, on a, I guess, a more extensive level. Um, but part of what I do is to help inspire people to do it for themselves, to trust what they get. So that answers part of what I asked. The other part was, do the animals recognize you as having those sensitivities yes. refined as you do? They do. Yeah. In fact, I had an anaconda say, I'm like, how did you find me? He said, we all know we can get through to you when you're in opening. <laughs> and I'm like, because, okay, here's, here's the reason why. And I love this. Um, there is a web of life. Also, Lynn McTaggart, the scientist, calls it the field. Um, it is this 
grid, if you will, an energetic grid that connects all life. Only humans can't see it. Of course. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why. That's probably a really big philosophical question. But now imagine how, so in other words, many animals from squirrels to blue whales have told me, and, and that's why I share chapter five, because the squirrels elaborate on how they get information. I mean, I had, I had chimps in Tanzania telling me about rescue efforts going on in Asia. I'm like, how the heck do they know that? Wow, yeah. And four, four months later, there was Animals Asia Foundation. There was Disney Asia all over the news. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So animals get this. How did the anaconda find out about me? Everything goes into the grid. A dog could see something or experience something with his humans or on TV. Boom, it can go into the grid for others to tap into. So not only do they uh, use their own six sensory abilities, you know, to tune into energy fields, but <clears throat> animals tap into the field, the web of life between all beings to access information, right? Kind of hard to get your arms yeah. around that they would know so much more than we do. In fact, a gorilla thought it was hilarious that, you know, we think we need computers to do this. But as I mean, I know several people that have had the same experience where you lie down, you close your eyes, and you start hearing conversations. It's right. happened to me. Usually it's drivel, but, you know. So, so does that, does that yeah. explain, does this grid concept that the animals can connect to, does that explain, and this may seem a bit trite in, in, in meaning, but I'm curious, does that explain how, like, you know, we hear a story of a cat that was lost 3,000 miles away, yet it finds its way home? Um, you, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of information that just seems completely impossible. Beautiful. I'm so glad you said that because this is the same way animals tune into energy fields. And, of course, they get the information from the grid as well. So here's a good, a good little text. You're walking your dog. And six houses down, dogs inside the house begin barking furiously. And so people say, oh, they heard my dog. They also tuned into your dog's energy field. How do dogs, Rupert Sheldrake's work, beginning in 1999, how do dogs know when their owners are coming home? And he had hidden cameras, and the owners kept changing their schedules, coming from different places at different times. And the dogs would be waiting for them a half an hour before they even arrived. Mm. How did they know? You got it. They tune into energy fields. I've even had people ask me, and multiple animals filled in the pieces of the puzzle, how come we went to the shelter and this kitten came running right for my daughter? How did she know? And this is when we get into, I know that this is my dog or my horse or whatever coming back. This is what I've heard from animals. All who you have ever loved remains a part of your energy field, and it carries forward over time. So when the animal reincarnates, right, they tune into that love. They find you. They say you might say it's like a following the North Star or a bell calling us home. Again, it's all energetic, everything. And the more in tune and comfortable we get with the concepts of everything is energy, our thoughts are energy, you know, a law of attraction kind of stuff, you know, use your thoughts to create what you want to see. That's what the animal world does. And that's why they're able to find their way home. They, they tune, it, it, it can make you cry when you think about it. Yeah. My dog told me that. I'm like, how did you find me? He said it wasn't easy, but it was my purpose. 
you know, it was my mission. Love is my mission. I had to find a way to get me to you. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know. And, and for, I have pictures. I mean, 10 minutes after I met him, he fell asleep with his head on my leg. And <laughs> we drove home three and a half hours in silence. And I kept looking at him riding shotgun with a smile on his face. And he's not one of those dogs that smiles for no reason. So it is, it's, it's kind of magical if you think about it, because it's so far behind, beyond what we're used to experiencing as humans. Given the fact that humans can't connect to this grid, or at least most humans can, there might be an argument to be said that you can, or we have other people that can do things like remote viewing or astral projection. Maybe maybe that's part of this grid that we're talking about. But given the fact we're somewhat mm-hmm. isolated, what do the animals tell you about each other? I mean, obviously there is a food chain. It does exist. And you're talking to uh, animals all along that food chain. Um, so are they aware of that? And what are their thoughts mm. on each other? Oh, absolutely. Um, again, and, and, you know, what also goes as part of that is what animals feel about being in factory farms and the state of the world and how we use them. And uh, I've even tuned into animals there. Um, so what do they think about each other? First of all, again, they, they see the bigger picture. You know, I've had the insect world tell me that it's, you could say, as insects, it's an ego-less incarnation at the as the beginnings of the animal food chain crushed in a moment's notice considered insignificant it is the total relinquishing of ego to be incarnated as an insect right right uh how do they feel about eating each other it's the needs of the body i mean people have sent me videos of, of the of the eagle or some bird of prey or something eating a walking, I don't know if it was a, you know, what kind of horned animal it was, you know, pecking it on its back, you know, Mm -hmm. as it's moving, like eating it slowly, like, what was it, Prometheus? I forgot who got pecked pecked apart, you know, and some of this stuff, I mean, I don't have an answer for everything. I'm just one person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, really, and you know what, every, every, New channeling, I learned something different. Um, so, so the needs of the body, ah, prey versus predator. The predators go after the, uh, the prey whose energy is a little bit on the wane. You and I may not be able to see it, but again, they tune into the energy and they know. If, and it's happened before, many times we've seen on film, if an, if a predator goes after prey and they're going after the wrong one, they don't win. <laughs> the, the prey kicks them in the face right. or gets away because, you know, that one, it's not their time to go. And you tuned in, you didn't tune into the one that is supposed to be your prey that has a waning life force. So, you know, I, again, the body, the needs of the body is no indication of the level of consciousness, which is why, you know, animals eat each other. And then there are other animals that are herbivores, like horses. Our guest tonight is Sandra Mendelson. Her website is smendelson.com. Sandra, if people want to get um, um, a private or a, a personalized discussion with you about an animal and, and have you do some work for them, is the website the best place for them to go? Absolutely. Uh, one of the pages says uh, about me and my work, you know, how I work, and um, they can contact me there. 
absolutely. Now, Sandra I, at S. Mendelson is the email. Sandra at S. Mendelson.com. Um, mm-hmm. you, you had mentioned this journey kind of started for you with horses. First of all, how long ago was that? And um, again, tell us how it started to happen, because it must have been a little confusing for you at first. <laughs> yes, and it was completely unglamorous. Um, I, I had left corporate and worked my way into doing um, what's called light, uh, polychromatic light therapy. So it's red and infrared light used to increase circulation and speed healing on both humans and then on animals. Um, I, I became an equine photopuncture therapist. So basically it's acupuncture using light beams or a light tool as opposed to needles. So I was working on a horse's injured foot in 2012, and it was minus, I forgot, in the barn, and we were alone. And I'm trying not to land in a pile of horse poo down on the ground, <laughs> and, this, and this voice booms loudly in my head, and it's not my voice. This hay is crap. And five minutes later, one of the horse moms comes in and announces, there's mold all over the hay. And I look up at this horse, and I notice he's kind of flinging the hay off the top of the bale. Okay. A couple of weeks, a couple of days later, because he was rehabbing from an injury, when it's time for someone to get on his back again, they, the vet or the trainer usually administers a small amount of sedative. Typically, this horse would eat all of your fingers just for a carrot, and this time he wouldn't touch it. And that voice boomed again, get me out of here. And a nanosecond later, his trainer came around the corner and overdosed him on sedatives, and his head almost hit the floor. Oh, wow. And then a few weeks later, a horse down the road completely dismantled my entire understanding of what the animals know and how they live and, and changed my life forever, really. Um, you know, people used, I used to think I was like a horse whisperer because when they couldn't get this horse a million to come, uh, in from the field, the, the owner who owned the barn and uh, was a trainer said, here, Sandy, take a carrot, go get a million. You can do it. And he always followed me in. But, you know, it had nothing to do with my abilities. It's because this horse had an agenda. So after I put away my equipment, I put my hands up after taking one Reiki class for, you know, why not? And he slammed his left shoulder into my hands and then flung his body around and slammed his right butt cheek up against my hands and said, why are you wasting your time with these machines? Why don't you just run energy? The horses are waiting for you. And he continued. And he said, you know, when the barn closes at 4 o'clock, we can drop the facade and be our true selves. We hear the birds speak. The plants speak. Everything speaks. And it started from there. And I got all this information about how, I mean, he said, horses are always sending love to humans. They just don't know it. And I thought at that moment, not even knowing I was telepathically, he was listening to me. And I thought, God, where did they get the energy from? And he said, we leave our bodies to connect with all that is because our frequency gets lower being in a body. So for three years, that, that was the, okay, now what? I literally had horses say, you said you were going to help me. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. Your human isn't hiring me. I can't touch you. And I'm not, you know, learning ethics and taking yeah. classes. Yeah. Um, you don't just, you can't really just communicate with, with a horse. I mean, one horse said to me, you know, we at the barn are all really sad. And I said, why? Our human mom is sick as she doesn't know it. <laughs> well, where is she sick? In her lady parts. 
okay, great. I never asked permission. I can't do anything. But my girlfriend who introduced me to this horse knows this woman well, marches up to her. And the woman's response was, hmm, my last two gyno exams were abnormal. And my girlfriend said, get your butt back to the doctor. Your horse may have just saved your life. Wow. And, and she's fine now. So, you know, this starts to change you. Even if you just, you just, it, it, uh, my doubt, my cynicism, I mean, humans are skeptical. And I say that in almost every interview. It's how we protect ourselves from the unknown and try to make it, un- make it knowable. And um, finally, I just started getting stuff. And I, it, the simplest thing was just to record it and write a book. And so 53 species came through and we walked beside you. And, you know, the horses told me, ask specific questions. And the better the question, the better the answer. Since the book came out, one of my favorite topics was asking the animal kingdom about growing older. And 17 species came through. And boy, can I tell you, we humans are so upside down in how we view it in what it's really supposed to be about and how, how our behavior and our perspective need to shift so that we really continue to know our worth and that wisdom is the prize and you don't get wisdom when you're young and, and what to do in the advancing years and how to live them. And so they shared their own perspectives because their lives are typically, typically much shorter than ours. So they learn their lessons faster. We're talking with Sandra Mendelson, and her website, by the way, is smendelson.com. Make sure you visit it and find out more about her work. We're going to go to break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, and the show is Beyond Reality. You know, when you listen to this program, you hear many interesting guests who discuss many interesting topics. Most of those guests have books, movies, or other work that support their ideas. And we've made it very easy for you to find that work. Just go to Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. Not only will you find the books and other work of our guests, but you'll help support this program at the same time. Again, it's Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. You'll also see links in the description of this episode that you can click on. We can only scratch the surface of many of these topics, and the real knowledge is what you'll find in the pages or frames of our guests' efforts. So click the link and browse, and hey, thanks for listening. Welcome back to Beyond Reality. We're talking with Sandra Mendelson tonight about animal communication. She's been doing it a while. She says the animals have a lot to tell us, and we have a lot to learn from them. This is all very fascinating. And one of the things that I, you had mentioned that you know, there are multiple and many and almost all species have this ability to communicate and, and uh, connect to this matrix. But you keep bringing up horses. And I have to tell you, other folks that we've had on the program that have similar sensitivities often say their stories started with a horse. Uh, are horses unique in some way that makes them such a, I don't know, maybe it's wise animal? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, you know, dogs teach us about unconditional love, as you know, in a way that no other species does. Horses are here, and they have told me this, so many horses. 
in their presence, awareness blooms. That of all those four energetically, uh, energetic healers, if you will, right? Horses, whales, dolphins, and elephants. The species that partners with humans on a one-on-one are horses, and they are here to help us wake up. I'm right now reading, uh, reviewing a book um, written by another woman who has channeled horse consciousness. And it, first of all, it's so validating to see how much of the same stuff we got. But the horse's path, horses, I even had a tiger tell me that animals get their energy in different ways. Birds are mercurial and they get their information by, tra- they get their energy by transmitting information that others act on. Grounded animals, lions and tigers and camels, get their energy from the earth, from an energetic cord that goes from navel into Mother Earth. And horses are ethereal. Just the way that horse told me, they leave their bodies to connect with all that is. They are ethereal and travel at night. And so, why have so many people woken up at the, at the hoof of a horse? Because they are partnering with us in our awakening, in our reclamation of our connection with all that is and our own six-sensory abilities, and to go way beyond the illusions that we see every day. There is so much more. They are absolutely marvelous and very, very unique animals. And I I say that because I had a horse farm for a number of years. Um, I had 18 horses at one point. And uh, every single one of them amazed me in some way. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that because um, if you have seen what's going on in the horse world, um, both from shifting into healing and allowing horses to be healers from the Agala and the past models where they're using horses for, it started with people with physical disabilities, right, yeah. prison, pr- prisoners in, in uh, penitentiaries, um, emotional disabilities and trauma. And then from that equine assisted learning or equine assisted therapy model or models, people are then bringing in energy work, allowing the horses to do their own, uh, of their own volition, energy work on people where you lie on the table and you close your eyes and you can't believe where that horse is like, okay, how did that horse know I have, you know, pain in my left shoulder? Because you open your eyes and there is the horse's muzzle working on your left shoulder. Sexual trauma. Um, I mean, I, I have friends that do this for a living uh, in Canada, in the U.S., you know, where they, their background is in equine-assisted learning and therapy. And then the horses started taking over. The people were uh, in tune enough to watch and put a, a massage table out outside and you and couldn't believe that the horses would do this of their own volition. They are energy workers. They also do distance healing. You know, again, a lot for people to digest, and I'm always a little cautious about how much to share at once. But if you've had horses and you've spent time and not in work, just in their presence, just being with them, closing your eyes and meditating or just listening, you will see how much starts to change in you. That is one of the main things they are here for. But through, t- through time, we've always used them for our entertainment, for, for burdens, for... Right. And on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as we look at the big picture here, how does uh, 
this work and how does communicating with animals in generally in general help us better understand ourselves? Also a wonderful question. Um, and, and this was the whole purpose of the children's books as well. We are living the life of a conscious mind, which knows what one tenth, maybe I've got the exact number of what is actually occurring uh, on, on in reality. So by connecting with animals, we are breaking open our awareness through our six senses. I mean, your five senses are beautiful. They are gateways to joy and safety and all kinds of other things. But humanity is waking up right now. And I've been told this. Remember, we only see what's on the news, which is highly distorted and manipulated. You, I've, I've even had an Arctic turn. I didn't know what they do. I knew it was a bird. They actually fly the entire length of, of the globe from the North to South Pole and back. Wow. And they, they said to me, you know, you know we, we feel human disharmony from far off because we cover such vast distances. But what we see is that humanity is waking up. Individuals in every single country are realizing they are not their leaders. They are not their governments. They are not their parents or their teachers. And they're starting to look inside for answers. Their hearts, they're starting to listen to their heart about how they want to live, about what this world really I hate the word should, could be right. from a healing, healthy perspective. So developing your sixth sense, sitting with animals and just starting to listen to that little voice inside gets you out of that matrix, you know, the prison of the programming and the conscious mind and the, you know, the dumbing down by, by the media and the mass messaging Horses are very vocal about that. You know, consciousness shifts one person at a time, but you cannot shift it. You are on autopilot. So step away from the mass media and listen to your own, listen to what comes out of you. That's what animals are encouraging us to do. And the best way to do that is get out in nature, get out of the buildings and all the human vibration and the EMF. Just go sit and and develop the patience to see what comes up. You'd be surprised. We've got a great discussion underway here tonight with Sandra Mendelson. We're talking about animal communication. Again, her website is smendelson.com. Her books include We Walk Beside You, which has an accompanying uh, card deck of uh, inspirational quotes from animals that she has heard over the years. We've got a lot more to talk about. I do want to remind you of a couple things before we go to break here. One is that uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's our hub of our community and it's where we do our chat room and upload all of our back episodes it's all there and it's free there's no fee or anything to be a subscriber you just have to go there and go to youtube and search for jv johnson the name of the channel is jv johnson's beyond paranormal and once you subscribe please click the notification icon that'll also give you an opportunity to be alerted when we go live or when we upload any other content, bonus content, whatever it happens to be. And another note is that we appreciate your support. There have been many, many people that have uh, decided to support us, and that is very, very helpful, by the way. It's not easy to bring these programs to you. And uh, although it is a, a labor of love for certain, there are things that have to be taken care of, and we appreciate your support to, to help us do that. So go to, go to uh, Patreon 
and look for Joha, J-O-H-A-W. So it's patreon.com slash Joha. And you'll find our Patreon page where you can become a subscriber there. Also, you could do it if you're listening to this show as a podcast. There's a link in the description of the show that will give you an opportunity to do the same thing. So a lot of ways you can support us. It's certainly not uh, mandatory. We, we don't ask you to do something you can't afford to do, but we certainly appreciate it if you can. So I'll just say thank you in advance to all of those who will do that for us. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk to Sandra about, and we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll pick up that conversation. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Welcome back to Beyond Reality. I'm JV. Thanks for being here tonight. We've got a lot of great shows coming up in the coming weeks. Make sure you check with us every night. Again, if you can visit the live stream on YouTube, that's awesome. If you're a podcast listener, you'll get all the great, same great information there as well. Uh, we've been talking with Sandra Mendelson about her efforts to communicate what the animal world has been telling her. It's a message of peace and love and understanding, not to get too close to a Elvis Costello song, but it's true. And um, we've got a lot more to talk about with Sandra. I'm sure I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it because I'd hope hope you can share some experience with us. But uh, have you communicated with animals that are on the threshold of death? And if so, what's happening with them as that's occurring? Yes, I have many times, and um, I can share a few different insights. Animals are loosely tied to their form. They are living 100% in the moment, but unlike humans, they not only don't identify with their form, they are loosely tied to it. So what does that mean? To us, the worst thing that could happen is death, right? To We fear it. Right. Oh, my goodness, we failed. Mm-hmm. Our healthcare system has failed if someone dies. Animals are living this life, learning lessons, and enjoying every moment. And when they can no longer do that, and let me tell you, they don't, they don't want to hightail it out of Dodge just because they're in pain. Also a different relationship with pain than we have because they understand the purpose of learning, that every moment that we're here, we're learning. So when they're on the door of death, um, I, I guess we can divide this into two things, you know, or three things even, but, um, you know, animals that are factory farmed. And I have not, I, I've spoken with uh, chickens and sheep and uh, cows. And um, I, I won't lie to you, it is pretty tragic, but the way that they look at it is they, quote, walk the path of their maker. They see they, they totally, they keep leaving their body uh, energetically, you know, so that they, they remember they are not the form that they inhabit, that their spirit remains unbroken. And I would imagine that some people 
might have done this in the concentration camps if they were able to, right. you know, have out of body. Right. Yeah. So, so they, they, they go and rest back in the all. So in other words, they leave their body. And I've had a horse tell me what it was like when she transitioned. She said, cause I, I should share that. Cause she said, I know you humans have such fear about this unknown. She said, the pain fell off me like a suit of armor. All the weight was gone. And colors swirled around me, buffering me so I knew I couldn't fall. And then I became the colors. And then a stillness, like I had never known, kind of like when I had left my body to connect with the all, but more peaceful and more beautiful. It was the all welcoming me home. I wish I could share this experience with you, you know, and the beauty of it, you can only touch the fringes. But yes, you do reconnect with all you have loved, but not as se- separate beings anymore, as part of all one, all consciousness. And so they are not afraid to leave the form because the form is just a shell. And, when it's, and this is just a page in the book. And then you take a little, I had a skunk tell me this, and I thought it was, if, if you have a second, he said, I'll talk about death because to us, us, there is no such thing. It is a human construct. We just hang out in our bodies for a while, and then they start to break down, and then we take a little rest and get a new model like a car. And if you, you think we keep getting the same make, model, and color over and over again, you couldn't be more wrong. We get different vehicles for different lessons. This time? I'm a skunk. Next time, a walrus or a porpoise or even a human. But you have to be ready for that because it's complicated and you have to live in your head and have your senses dumbed down. I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> but, but having the experience of being human is so very important because if their intention is high, they can create concrete reality that benefits us all. We still believe in humans. There are so many that are trying to find a way out of this mess. So, um, again, they, animals in the wild know when it's time they stop eating so that they don't cling to the form when their spirit, their energy is trying to separate from it. They get very quiet. And they know. They just get, you know, time's up here anyway. So they don't fear death. No animal fears death. And even the predator prey, um, animals have a very, quote, elaborate system of alerts and warnings. So they know when it's their time. They're not caught in shock the way we are. You mentioned the word maker. And I actually, this was going to be my next question anyway. Um, Do animals have a religious connection? And is there a God and it is it our, is it our the God that we often uh, look to? Um, how does this all work? Um, another awesome question. Uh, let's see. God, the all, all that is, the greater, uh, the maker of all that is. There's only a few of the terms that animals have used. Um, in fact, I just posted today and yesterday when I asked a, a seal about spirit? You know, how do you experience spirit? So the answer is humans believe, this is from a tiger, humans believe we know. 
is there a greater, if, you know, a God? It's not religious because religious religion is something that was created by humans. But the connection with all that is um, is very powerful in the animal kingdom. There is always the knowing that there is a greater force. As a horse said, you know, believe in God or nature or the universe or anything that is bigger than you and ultimately unknowable. But other animals have said it is such a comfort. You know, talk to the greater or your, you know, know that God or whatever you want to call it has has a bigger plan. And and going with the flow and reaching a state of acceptance is enormous and net of necessity in the animal world because, you know, especially when you think of horses, for example, they don't get to call their own shots. We separate them from their families. We put them into work, you know, and so on. So they have learned the art of acceptance. And they know that there is a bigger plan. And that is where God, spirit, the all come in. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, it does. Um, When it comes to being able to communicate like this, uh, I know that it's like probably like any skill, uh, you know, so everybody has a, a bit of a ability to be a musician, but those who work at it do it much better. Um, is this a matter of just being open to this, you know, shutting off what we would normally rely on as our five senses and letting the sixth take over and kind of do some work? And if we do that, are we more open to being able to receive some of these messages? Yes. Um and again, you know, some of us are here to be uh, the scribe and the mouthpiece, and, sure. and that's my case. In my case, that's that's one of the things. Not everybody is is designed to get the extent of the stuff that I've gotten, and and the way I look at it, it is all here to be shared. You know, it's a tool in everyone's awakening. I've had people write to me from fifty something countries that, oh my goodness, I thought, you know, I could hear animals when I was little and I squashed it, or I thought I was crazy, or my mother, you know, said such and such to me or took me away from the animals or I doubted and I doubted. So this whole experience is of of how to live life from a greater place of awareness means going inside. I mean, why do you think so many people are meditating now? To get out of the the noise of the monkey mind which is so limited in its understanding, and start listening. Stop looking, not even to me, for sure. Stop looking to others for the inner wisdom, whether it's leading your own life, whether it's connecting with the animal kingdom. All of this is getting still and quiet. I love having a pad and a pen because otherwise I won't see patterns. And I can't look back. I'll forget. So I always encourage people, you know, when you're sitting in nature, or you're just alone and you get really quiet, it helps if you write it down because you will start tapping into this limitlessness that you really are. But we were never taught to believe that. So, again, don't compare yourself to anyone. Yes, I wrote an an article that gives people some pointers about some exercises they can do to get them in sync with their animal or with wild animals to... Uh, bring themselves to a place of 
a, a peaceful vibration where they are receptive. But trying too hard, comparing yourself, or forcing anything, oh, my God, I'm not getting anything, and you're back in ego, which cuts off energy flow. So, so this whole experience of connecting with other beings is, is really about our reclaiming our own greatness. Um, and our abilities to do so very much more than we have been told. We're talking with Sandra Mendelson tonight about animal communication and her work with the animal world, plus the book she's written as a result. We've got more to talk about, and we'll be right back. It's Beyond Reality. Well, Mr. Butts, that was a close call. You're recovering nicely, but good thing you got here for that emergency surgery when you did. Yeah, I feel great now. Oh, and here's the bill for what the insurance didn't cover. What? Well, there goes another one. Call it, nurse. I've got lunch in 10 minutes. Crap Coke presents. Has this ever happened to you? Go to the hospital for a little surgery only to be stricken by huge bilitis? Well, not anymore with the Crapco Home Surgery Kit. I was having a little pain in my side and the doctor wanted $200 to look at me. A couple of minutes later on the internet, I was pretty sure it was my appendix. The wife grabbed the Crapco Home Surgery Kit we got for Christmas and 20 minutes later, we were on our way to dinner at the Olive Garden. And cleanup was a snap. Well, except the vomit. Thanks, Crapco. I got an estimate of $3,700 for a circumcision. I was able to do it myself in the comforts of my own bed with Crapco's home surgery kit. After a couple minor infections, I was up moving around like a rabbi walking by a mosque at night. And my wife, she was real happy. Thanks, Crapco. With the Crapco home surgery kit, you can perform most household surgeries in minutes and order the special add-on packs for even more cost savings, like the cardiac arama, the orthopalooza, the bariatric bonanza, and don't forget the home augmentation arsenal. Hey, baby, you're looking hot. Yeah, but I wish these were bigger. No problem. Come over to my place. I've got the Crapco Home Surgery Kit with the Augmentation Arsenal. Can you say memories and margaritas? <laughs> Thanks, Crapco. The Crapco Home Surgery Kit normally retails for $99.95, but order today and you'll receive the Home Surgery Kit, the Orthopalooza add-on, and the decorative Crapco Catheter Curio Cabinet, all for $19.95. The Crapco Home Surgery Kit is not recommended for all surgeries and in some cases may negate your life insurance or your life. Read your policies for details. Some side effects include removing the wrong organs, scarring, and not living. So order yours today. Are you tired of the costly charges of embalming a loved one? Does the hassle of meeting with the mortician interfere with your play on the back nine? Have you ever thought there's got to be a cheaper way? Crapco presents. Save money and do it on your own time with the Crapco Home Embalming Kit. The Crapco Home Embalming Kit. The Crapco Home Embalming Kit consists of all the key instruments needed to start embalming at home today. The hydro aspirator. Nasal aspirator. Cavity chemical injector. Operating scissors. Super drain tube. Suture needle set. And more. The Crapco Home Embalming Kit. Don't let Aunt Ethel's passing make you pass up a trip to the mall. Why let Uncle Dave's stroke interfere with your backstroke? Use the Crapco Home Embalming Kit to start a small business for the wife. And what better way to show that lover you care than to embalm them yourself with the Crapco Home Embalming Kit. <laughs> Our goal at Crapco is to save you money. The Crapco Home Embalming Kit. It may not be right. It may not be ethical. Hell, it may not even be legal. But with the Crapco Home Embalming Kit, you'll save on the way to the grave. Crapco, helping out the living so you can afford to die. Crapco highly recommends that you clean all home embalming kit tools before using them for cooking.
Welcome back to Beyond Reality. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. Make sure you tune in for every night's program. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. And also, subscribe to us on YouTube. Can't say it enough. Go to YouTube, search for my name, J.V. Johnson. When you find it, subscribe. Hit the notification icon so we can alert you when we have new content for you, whether we're going live with a live stream or we upload some bonus content. Either way, the notification icon will alert you to that. So we're continuing our conversation with Sandra Mendelson. Sandra, I know that We Walk Beside You has been available for a while. Tell us where people can get a hold of that particular work. And again, give us, I know you have uh, some other works on the way. You've got a couple others that are already available. Lay that out for us again. Sure. Um, All my books are on Amazon and Barnes & Noble's website. Um, They're not in the stores. They're just online. So the, the, the We Walk Beside You and the Animal Message cards are on Amazon. The book, We Walk Beside You Alone, is on Barnes & Noble. My children's books, um, it's called Secrets of the Animals. It's a trilogy written in rhyme, and I've published two of the three books so far. Um, Book one, In Your Amazing Neighborhood, and book two, What's Up Down at the Farm, are both available on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. And both sets of books, We Walk Beside You and The Secrets of the Animals, are available in paperback as well as uh, ebook version. One fun- and, of course, they can also go to my website. Right, of course. That will lead them to the link. <laughs> Smendelson.com. And one final question. Are we going to get this right? Will, will we ever get it right? Oh, we- <laughs> oh, my dear. You know, I talk about this with healers all the time. You know, right now we have to be content with little wins <laughs> under understand right Just yeah do what to. you can in your own life because the animals know what you're up to every thought goes into that grid so if if you need a little boost animals know what your intention is i mean people talk to me and they go oh my goodness sandra the animals all come gathered around me after i spoke to you i said look it's not me it's because you became a mind opening right so when you see them as teachers or equals, when you put out some foods, oh, quote, they don't have to steal it, according to a seagull, you are bridging the gap. It will take, as you can imagine, for this world to come right. It's going to take a few more lifetimes, yeah. human lifetimes. <laughs> but, but in the meantime, when you are an opening for all this magic and beauty, watch who, you, who shows up in your life, whether it's animals or people. You know, and know that every thought matters because it affects matter. Sandra, it's always fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, best of luck with the new books, and I hope you'll agree to come back again sometime. Oh, I would love to. There's way more to share. (laughs) Terrific. Thank you very much. Sandra Mendelson, our guest tonight, talking about animal communication. Make sure you visit her website, smendelson.com. Her book is called We Walk Beside You, plus she has some children's books about animals as well. Great conversation. Thank you again to Sandra. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. It's Beyond Reality. You know, when you listen to this program, you hear many interesting guests who discuss many interesting topics. Most of those guests have books, movies, or other work that support their ideas. And we've made it very easy for you to find that work. Just go to Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJ Taps. 
Not only will you find the books and other work of our guests, but you'll help support this program at the same time. Again, it's Amazon.com slash shop slash JVJTaps. You'll also see links in the description of this episode that you can click on. We can only scratch the surface of many of these topics, and the real knowledge is what you'll find in the pages or frames of our guests' efforts. So click the link and browse, and hey, thanks for listening. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you to everybody for joining me. Looking forward to our next get together. And again, to thank you to Sandra Mendelson. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Go to YouTube and search for JV Johnson. It's that simple. Click the subscribe button and the notification icon and you're all set. It's Beyond Reality and we'll see you next time. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.